So we have a monthly routine here at Sacred Heart that dates back to, I think, the end of 2017. And every first Saturday, we do the first Saturday devotions that our Lord and our Blessed Mother asked for at Fatima. And what I mean by those first Saturday devotions, there's four things that we do together as a community that Jesus asks us to do in reparation for sins against the Immaculate Heart of Mary. Basically, making reparation. It's like, you know, if your mom has been offended by your brother and you go to your mom and you say, hey, I love you, you know? So it's kind of like that. And so we do these four things. It's praying the rosary, receiving Holy Communion, going to confession, and that's something you can do several days on either side. And then the final one is one that I've kind of come to love more and more as we do this every month, and that's spending 15 minutes meditating on the mysteries of the rosary, keeping Mary company. So basically, like, walking through Scripture uh, in relation to whatever mystery of the rosary we're meditating on that day, and asking Mary to help us to understand what's going on in the mystery, because she has, obviously, deep insights, especially on the ones that she was right there. And what we did yesterday, which was the first Saturday of the month, we meditated on the first two luminous mysteries. So the baptism in the Jordan and the wedding feast at Cana. Now, one of the things I absolutely love about sacred scripture, so every time you go back, it's ever ancient, ever new. And there was something that jumped out at me yesterday in meditating on the wedding feast at Cana, and I feel like it really helped me to understand today's gospel better. So if you'll bear with me for a second, I want to read you the first seven verses of the wedding feast at Cana. If you want to read the whole thing, it's John chapter 2, verses 1 to 12. So I mean, we're talking right out of the gate in John's gospel. And this is how it begins. You've heard it many times. On the third day, there was a wedding in Cana in Galilee, and the mother of Jesus was there. Jesus and his disciples were also invited to the wedding. When the wine ran short, the mother of Jesus said to him, they have no wine. And Jesus said to her, Woman, how does your concern affect me? My hour has not yet come. His mother said to the servers, Do whatever he tells you. Now there were six stone water jars there for Jewish ceremonial washings, each holding 20 to 30 gallons. Jesus told them, Fill the jars with water. So they filled them to the brim. Okay, now not to give it away, he turns the water into wine. Okay, it's pretty amazing. Um, but that line there, so they filled them to the brim. That really struck me yesterday as we were meditating on that mystery of the rosary, especially in light of this gospel. Obviously, it's a challenging gospel. And I'll tell you, I'm kind of happy that the deacon wasn't here this weekend because it would have sounded even more challenging. It's like you're getting yelled at, you know? I got to read it today, so I appreciate it. Whoever loves father or mother more than me is not worthy of me. It's a tough thing to hear, right? Whoever does not take up his cross and follow after me is not worthy of me. And I think anytime we hear about the cross, I think the temptation is immediately to go to, you know, the hardest things of life. What's so difficult? You know, and just, gosh, we got to like put down our heads and grit our teeth and just get through this life. But there is something about that wedding feast at Cana and the reaction of the servers that just made me think about the fact of, okay, Jesus is asking us to do what? To love him, and he loves us first. He is God who can neither deceive nor be deceived. He has our best interest in mind. So he's wanting us to love him 
and to take up our cross and follow after him. Notice those servers, right? When he says, fill the stone water jars with water. Now, think about where they're at. So they're serving at a wedding feast. By this point, it's been going on long enough that they've run out of wine. So it's had to be going for a while. They're probably a little bit tired. They're probably a little bit let down because, goodness, we couldn't, like, make all this happen. You know, a little bit overwhelmed. And Jesus steps in and says to them, fill these stone water jars with water. The other thing to remember, I mean, we're talking stone water jars that could hold 20 to 30 gallons. Not Rubbermaid ones with a handle at the top. Also, this predates indoor plumbing. So you think about carrying a jar of water, 20 to 30 gallons full, I mean, it's a task. That can't be an easy thing. I mean, altogether, it's at least 120 to 180 gallons of water. And yet, what does St. John tell us here? They filled the water jars to the brim. And I love that little line, to the brim. They've been asked in this little way to participate in the work of Christ. I mean, imagine those servers in heaven now. I assume that they are in heaven now. To be able to say, I was the guy. I was one of those guys that got to participate in filling the water that Jesus then turned into wine as his first big public miracle. They got to participate even though, I would say, the bearing of the cross there, the picking up of the water jar, the getting of the water, I mean, that had to have been tough. That's not an easy thing to do. And at that point of the celebration, all that, plenty of reasons to complain and yet... They filled them to the brim. And I just feel like looking at this gospel where Jesus says, whoever does not take up his cross and fall after me is not worthy of me. The fact of the matter is that we have an opportunity to be like those servants, right? I guarantee those guys and gals are very happy now to be able to say, I was one of them. I got to do this. And when our Lord looks at us, right, we, who as St. Paul told us in his letter to the Romans, are you unaware that we who are baptized into Christ Jesus, just that line in and of itself, we were baptized into Christ Jesus, we're part of his body, and he tells us to do certain things, to bear our crosses. And I know when we hear about taking up your cross, it's a lot easier to just think about like, you know, the martyrs in Nigeria right now or the folks in the underground church in China and just like laying down your whole life like Maximilian Kolbe in the concentration camp. But the fact of the matter is all of us, every single day, as part of the body of Christ, have our crosses to bear, our parts to play, just like those servants at the wedding feast at Cana. And I'm excited to think about the possibility of one day, God willing in heaven, when the great story of the mystery of human history gets rolled out, and like those servants who get to say, I got to participate, I got to fill those jars with water. That when we look at the things that he asks us to do, the crosses that we're asked to bear, that we'll get to say, I got to participate. I got the kids up and got them ready and got them to mass only three minutes late. And it was incredible. And when they were kind of getting a little bit louder, you know what, I helped them to pay attention, right? And I was praying for them. Or I'm the guy who was sitting next to the kid that was going nuts and I prayed for the family and it was incredible. Like he turned it down a couple decibels. Like this is the awesome thing later on. Looking back on all this, these crosses were asked to bear in following our Lord, 
you will have gotten to play a part. And notice it all goes back to loving him. He loves you. He's bearing his cross for you and out of love for you invites you into the same thing. Now, obviously, it looks different for all of us. We're not all servants at Cana. We're not all Simon of Cyrene, literally getting to carry Jesus's cross. We're not all Mother Teresa or her sisters, you know, serving the poorest of the poor, or, you know, St. John Paul II, our awesome, like, rock star pope who went to all the corners of the world. But we are all part of the body of Christ. Everyone has their part to play. Don't for a minute sell yourself short on what your vocation is. Look at how he concludes the gospel today. Whoever gives only a cup of cold water to one of these little ones to drink, because the little one is a disciple, amen, I say to you, he will surely not lose his reward. Providing that cup of water, providing that, you know, affirmative phrase to someone who needs to be a little bit helped out to spread the gospel, to stand up for life, to stand up for marriage, to stand up for all these good things. We need support. And to be a person giving that support is playing that role, is bearing your cross. And like I said, I think sometimes we think of the cross as so big, bad, and difficult that we think, well, that's just not for me. All of us have challenges each and every day. But to be able to say, you know what, Lord, I love you and I will do this. I will, lead, I will go where you are leading me, knowing that he's right there with you. The other thing in the midst of this love, of course, love is a two-way street, right? We need to spend time talking to him, telling him what our desires are, our fears, but also listening to what he's telling us to do. There are challenges in our life, and there's a reason why we keep going back to them, like, right, thinking about something that I know I should probably do X. I need to discipline my son in this way. I need to challenge this fellow worker in this way. I need to check if this particular family member is okay. These little, like, you know, nagging things in our life that our Lord is asking us to take up the cross in this uncomfortable way and follow after him. But just like those servants at Cana, when we do that, out of love for him, imagine the kind of joy we'll get to participate in to say, I got to help with that. I was the one who got to do fill in the blank. We were baptized into the body of Christ. He has invited us into this. And yes, the cross, it's intimidating, but my friends, it is an adventure. Our Lord gives us a beautiful warning here about whoever finds his life will lose it. In other words, if we're going to selfishly cling to our comfort and not follow him where he's leading, we will lose our life. Material comfort slips away, but whoever loses his life for my sake will find it. To deny ourselves and take up our cross and follow him out of love, yes, it's intimidating, but it's an adventure. It's what makes living life totally worthwhile. And the great glory of this is he's with us every step of the way. I know to be a disciple is an intimidating thing. To participate in carrying our Lord's cross is not easy, but to look back on what we've gotten to do, to look at the joy of what lies ahead. Will there be challenges? You bet. But we're not left alone. So my brothers and sisters in Christ, as we look at this, yes, challenging gospel, remember the fact that he looks at you and loves you and wants you to love him in return, to trust him as he offers you the cross and to remember that you will be following him. 
Listen to him. Take up the challenge that he offers and follow him into the great adventure that is being a disciple of Jesus Christ. Praise be Jesus Christ, now and forever.